0: May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Before I get started with my, uh, the, my talk, what I'm going to be uh, preaching about today, I sometimes like to start with a little bit of humor. So, this is a story. Okay. A priest and a rabbi are standing by the side of the road holding up a sign that reads, The end is near. Turn around now before it's too late. So, a passing driver in his car, yells out, you guys are nuts. He speeds past them. From around the curve, they hear screeching tires and, and a big splash. The rabbi turns to the priest and says, do you think we should maybe just put up a sign that says bridge out instead? <laughs> hey, you know, well, it could be simpler message. Yeah. Anyway, I would like to talk to you today about how God loves imperfect people. Imperfect people. Anybody ever feel imperfect at times? Some of you may feel imperfect or inadequate at times in your life. And then you may say to yourself, well, you know, as soon as I get my act together, I'm going to live a godly life, and I'm going to walk with God. As soon as I straighten things out, I'm going to be able to pray, I'm going to have a relationship with God, And God will answer my prayers, and everything's going to be okay. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if you wait for that day, you're going to miss out on a lot of blessings of a relationship with a heavenly Father. You see, you may fail at times, but that does not make you a failure. Quit reliving all your mistakes, playing them over and over again in your mind. Instead, you ought to be replaying the times that you honored God with your life. Change the channel. Change on the remote. To make the TV show analogy for you, I'm saying turn off Criminal Minds and turn off the Law and R and SVU channel. Turn on the Hallmark channel of your life. You see, the movies on the Hallmark channel always have a happy ending. They, you know, in the movie, there's some drama. They may have troubles or rough patches in the middle or along the way. But everything always works out in the end. They have happy endings. Guess what, though? If you accept Yeshua as your Messiah, your movie has a guaranteed happy ending, too. Religion will try to tell you that if you turn your back on God, He's going to turn His back on you, or things like, If you make bad choices, don't expect God to bail you out. It's your own fault. Now, there are consequences for sin. And certainly, you should try to do your best. But don't beat yourself up if you don't perform properly every time. After all, if you had it so together, why would you need a Messiah? In Exodus... God speaks to Moses and says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, Abraham was a man of faith. It says over and over again that Abraham believed God. It says Isaac was obedient to God. He lived a godly life. But Jacob, Jacob was a deceiver. Jacob was crafty. He was the one trying to get a leg up or work an angle, saying, he made some poor choices. Yet God says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob stole his brother's birthright. He tricked his brother into giving it up for a bowl of stew. And I think precisely it was a bowl of lentil stew? I mean, really, beans? Okay, then he tried to trick his father into thinking that he was Esau. Or he actually did trick his father into thinking that he was Esau and got his blessing. But Jacob later changed his ways. He redeemed his ways. God went on to rename him Israel. Israel means he who triumphs with God. It was a blessing. He became the father of the 12 tribes. God could have said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, but he doesn't. His word says, no, Jacob. He left it that way on purpose. You may have made mistakes, but be encouraged. You may have lost your temper at times. You may struggle with addiction at times. You may have compromised your integrity, but God is looking for people who have a heart for him. In the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God is looking for people who have heart for him. Not perfect performance. You can't change your past. So, don't beat yourself up for it, but learn from it. Don't get your performance mixed up with your identity. Don't get your performance mixed up with your identity. You know, Yeshua twole, chose 12 men to be his Talmudin, his disciples. Now, let's see. If you're going to put a team together, what char- characteristics would you look for? How about uh, well-educated, you know, some college degrees, maybe some Ph.D.s? How about some, you know, theologians trained in the Scriptures? How about great speaking ability, you know, public speakers like Tony Robbins? How about ability to influence, physical strength, be an upstanding member of the, the community, the, the citizen, well expect you know, well-respected members of the community. How about financial backers? How about, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or somebody, you know, uh, Bill Gates? So who did he choose? Some fisherman? A tax collector? A glass half empty kind of guy? We're going to talk about him in a minute. So let's take a look at a couple of these men Yeshua chose. Let's start with Peter. A fisherman on the Sea of Galilee a working man, a blue-collar kind of guy. He was one of those guys always vying to be Yeshua's number one disciple. He could be a little hot-headed at times. He was the guy who said, Lord, I will always stand with you. I will never deny you. Let's look at Matthew chapter 26. It says, Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I would never will. Truly, I tell you, Yeshua answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. So shortly after this, when he and his Talmudin were in the Garden of Gethsemane, Yeshua was arrested and brought before the Sanhedrin. Peter had followed and waited outside with the guards. Let's pick up again in verse 69 of chapter 26. So it says, Now Peter was sitting in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Yeshua of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway, where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Yeshua of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. He swore, I I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you're one of them. Your accent gives you away. Now, I don't know what kind of accent they have in Galilee, if it's, you know, y'all from Galilee or what, but uh, so I don't know, but they, they could tell he was from Galilee. And he says, then he began to call down curses and swore to them, I don't know the man. And then immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the words Yeshua had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Wow. Now, you and I, we've made some mistakes in our life. How would you like to be responsible for that one? Denying the Lord, especially just after you swore "I <laughs> said, I'll never do that, Lord. I'll never, I'll never deny you. I'll stand with you. But, you know, it was that same Peter on the day of Shavuot, Pentecost, when the Talmudim were filled with the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit. He boldly spoke and proclaimed Yeshua's resurrection and that he was indeed the Messiah. He went on to become a great leader in the Messianic movement, teaching, preaching the good news, and healing people in the name of Yeshua. Okay, here's another one. This guy, Thomas. He's sometimes commonly referred to as Doubting Thomas. Have you heard that? He was the guy who said, let's all go to Judea and die with him. He was the guy that always seemed to look on the less than bright side of things. He was the, when I see it, I'll believe it guy. Remember Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Walking around with a rain cloud over him. It's like, oh, just woe is me. Let's read about Thomas in John chapter 20. Now, Thomas, who's also known as Didymus, was one of the twelve. He was not with the disciples when Yeshua came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. This is after the resurrection. He said, we've seen him. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. And this time, Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Yeshua came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. He said, shalom. Shalom. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it to my side, stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord, and my God. Then Yeshua told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You see, Yeshua took the time to talk to Thomas and show him the marks on his body. He didn't get angry with him. He didn't scold him and say, Come on, doubting Thomas. Come on, where's your faith? No. Even though Thomas doubted Yeshua, Yeshua did not doubt Thomas. Now, tradition has it that Thomas went on to travel all the way to India, And brought the good news of the Messiah to the Jewish community, in what is present-day Kerala, India. In fact, he is highly regarded there, much like Paul, Shaul, is to the Jewish communities in the Roman Empire at the time. And I have a friend I used to work with who is uh, uh, from India, and uh, she she told me that that uh, Thomas is highly, the Apostle Thomas is highly revealed and honored in India. another example from John 4. You remember the Samaritan woman? The woman at the well? Well, first of all, she was a Samaritan, considered a half-Jew, which Jews did not want to associate with. Secondly, he knew that she had had five husbands, and she was not married to the man she was living with. She had all these strikes against her, yet it was to her that he revealed himself to be the Messiah. Up until this point, he had not done that to anyone yet. Why did he pick an imperfect person to reveal himself? You don't have to have perfect performance. Look at Peter. Yeshua knew he would deny him, but he chose Peter anyway. God knows every time you fail, but he loves you anyway. He says, that's my child. He says, I love you. God's love is not based on performance. It is based on relationship and heart. As an earthly father, I can relate to this. You know, my my children are, are grown adults now, but I can remember even, you know, when they're growing up. Sometimes they do things I didn't like. Sometimes they got in trouble. I didn't stop loving them how much more your heavenly Father loves you and is willing to forgive us. You know, there's a saying in the real estate business, what are the three most important factors in the value of a piece of property? And they are location, location, location. Right? You've heard that? Well, what are the three most important factors in your walk with God? I would answer relationship, relationship, relationship. Why? Because if you live with the two greatest commandments, that is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and the second like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself, then you have a relationship with God. Because all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. If you pray If you study, if you meditate on His Word, you have a relationship with Him. If you give thanks to Him, you have a relationship with Him. If you confess your sins and your transgressions to Him, you have a relationship with Him. If you have confessed Yeshua as Hamashiach, that is, Yeshua as Lord of your life, you have a relationship. It's all about relationship. You don't have to have a pedigree, certificates, diplomas on the wall. God loves imperfect people. Just as an earthly mother or father loves their child regardless, how much more then will your heavenly Father love you? Yeshua paid your debt in full when he was executed on the stake, and God raised him from the dead. Receive God's mercy receive God's love. Remember, it's not about performance. It's about your relationship with Him. It's about heart. Believe in Him, and He will take you places you never thought possible. Shabbat Shalom.